0: Welcome to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. Feel Strong creates one-on-one solutions for committed people without wasting time or compromise. We build and rebuild motivated individuals using programs designed exclusively for them. Hey, hello and welcome to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. My name is Justin McClintock. Today, we are talking about stretching. I had a question come in a little while ago from a listener and it was basically them feeling bad about how much they stretched or rather how much they didn't stretch. They found it difficult to remember to do. They felt like they weren't sure what they were doing when they were stretching and basically asked, should I be stretching? What should I stretch? What's going on? And I thought this was an excellent topic to talk about. So the first question, should you stretch at all? And like so many things, the answer is, it depends. We need to reverse engineer this and figure out what your goal is. If your goal is general injury prevention, if you feel fine, everything feels good, you feel healthy, there's no aches or pains, nothing feels tweaked, you don't have any chronic pain, there's not a lot to suggest stretching is really useful. Especially before exercising, there are some studies out there showing that, stretching before exercising, if that's all you two do to warm up, if you go stretching immediately into, let's say a run or some dynamic exercise or playing a sport, that that can actually lead to more injury. You're creating length without raising your core temperature or doing anything else, potentially putting these muscles at risk. So there is a downside to stretching potentially, but again, it depends what the goal is. If your goal is increased flexibility, and you are trying to include stretching in your routine, think yoga. Even in small doses, this could still be two to three minutes of work, but a seated forward fold, for example. Trying to create some length in your hamstrings, become more flexible, you want to be able to touch your toes, you want to be able to do some cool gymnastics moves. Putting that as a regular feature in your work might be very useful, and this sort of goes into mobility work where we're trying to create more flexibility. We're trying to create more mobility. These are things that are potentially very useful to do. Also, if you're suffering from some aches and pains, if you have some tweaks, if you have some chronic pain going on, then we will regularly assign people some mobility pieces. Maybe we're stretching out your rectus femoris because your back hurts when you run. Your back shouldn't hurt when you run. And after we assess you, we determine that we think uh, one of your quad muscles is a little bit short. It always feels tight, you have a hard time really getting to full range of motion there, so we're gonna spend some time mobilizing it. Also, with stretching, stretching isn't necessarily only a bodyweight activity, right? The term stretching is pretty generalized, and that's fine. We're not gonna dig into what you should call it. I honestly am a little indifferent if you say that you're stretching Or you're working on becoming more flexible or you're working on mobilizing these are different things but I'm not going to get all worked up whatever you call what it is you do we regularly have people mobilize with weight holding a dumbbell working with bands holding a barbell working around a kettlebell all kinds of reasons to do this so I would start with what is your goal if your goal is just Everything feels good. I just don't want to get hurt. Stretching is probably not the most valuable place for you to spend your time. There may be other places to spend your time, and there may be a mobilization or two we would suggest, but I wouldn't spend 15 minutes with just static stretching. To generalize, if we are giving someone a warm up or if we are assigning a warm up in a group class, it will start with a short, static stretch slash mobility piece. And immediately go into more dynamic work, working through ranges of motion, deliberately trying to bring the core temperature up, getting people prepared. So when they hit the work, they're ready to work. And they're not actually using the first five or six sets as essentially a warm up. And if you're one of those people who is like, I don't need a warm up, I grab a bar and get going. You're warming up. You're just warming up with a little bit of weight instead of warming up at body weight. It's still a warm up. And if you notice that you really hit your stride about 20 minutes into working, then spoiler, those first 20 minutes were your warm up. And if you want to make them more valuable, if you wish those 20 minutes of you throwing your weight around or running hard or doing whatever it is you're doing felt better, you need to back it up another 15 or 20 minutes and give yourself a valuable, targeted, thoughtful warm up. So if you are stretching, if you are doing some mobility you say you're doing these things we've decided it's a good idea how do you know it's working this is really important if you're just doing something and you're like well I don't know I, I guess I feel okay it should be fine I like nailing this down now if we're working together we're probably going to do this through some mobility assessments looking at your hip flexion looking at your shoulder flexion looking at how you can touch your toes, whether you can touch your toes, how much distance there is in the ground, seeing what your ankle dorsiflexion is like, seeing what your wrist extension is like, all of these things we might look at really specifically. Another way to know if it's working, if you don't wanna get stuck in numbers or measuring or reassessing all the time, because I know that can be boring, is keeping track of how things feel. If you do a short static stretch, and then a 5-10 to minute dynamic warm-up, and then you do your workout, your training, whatever it is, and you notice that you feel better than you usually do, then we found something that's working pretty well. If you spend 20 minutes, quote-unquote, stretching, and you work out, and nothing feels better, or if it even feels worse, then this probably isn't a great routine for you. It doesn't mean that all stretching is bad. It doesn't mean that all warming up is bad. But it likely means we are not doing the most valuable, most effective thing for you. And we are potentially wasting your time. I want to back up a bit and address the do I have to warm up. And it really varies person to person. There are people who never need to warm up. And there are fitness influencer types, who for some reason like to make a big deal about the fact that they never warm up. So and so assigns these five, 10, 15, 20 minute warm-ups, I never warm up, I just get going. And as I mentioned before, they are warming up. They're just taking longer to get there. These also tend to be people with a very high training age, with very frequent training who are training basically every day, if not multiple times per day. Often they are also people in the fitness space who are demonstrating movements, creating content with movements in them, et cetera, et cetera, as opposed to someone sitting in a desk chair for eight to 10 hours and then coming in and trying to do a bunch of thrusters and ride a bike really hard. Very different situations. They are staying more mobile. They are staying more flexible. They are staying a little warmer. They're going through these ranges of motion on a regular basis. I'm happy for them to say that they never warm up, but if you take a step back and observe the circumstances, it starts to make more sense. It doesn't mean warm ups aren't valuable, it means effective warm ups are really aimed at the exact person who's warming up, the situation they're in, and that may change day to day. You should be aiming for your warm up to be effective and to always make it better. We do want you warm. We do want your blood flowing. We know that raising your core temperature is generally better for keeping you healthy and trying as much as possible to stay injury free. There is no such thing as injury prevention. Injuries happen. If you train long enough, if you train frequently enough, you will get hurt. We want to keep those instances as low as we can, as infrequent as we can, and of as low a severity as we can. We want it to happen fewer times, we want it to happen less often, and when it happens, we want it to be less bad. All of these things are good reasons to work on your mobility and flexibility. Now, I think it would be irresponsible if I didn't take a moment and talk about tendinitis and tendinopathy, sometimes also called tendinosis. Tendinosis, tendinopathy are essentially interchangeable. Tendinitis is common, happens all the time. It is also, in my humble opinion, misdiagnosed on a somewhat regular basis. Tendinitis, inflammation of the tendon, usually brought on by something fairly traumatic, maybe a single event, a single moment, can be brought on by a single workout or single session. Typically, tendonitis resolves in days to weeks. So if all of a sudden, your elbow hurts, the inside of your elbow hurts, came out of nowhere and it hurts badly, then we treat this as an acute injury and we rest. Do things that don't hurt. If something hurts, stop doing that. We are not going to foam roll it. We are not gonna put a lacrosse ball on it. We are not going to mobilize it. We're not going to do a bunch of strength work with it. We're going to leave it alone. Because if it is a acute injury, typically, these things will heal relatively quickly. Your body is great at dealing with this stuff. So the hope is, seven to 10 days later, uh, it's actually feeling a lot better. And we may not go back to exactly the kind of training we were doing, but we will start building up again and making sure we can move well, move some weight, go through some range of motion, try out different planes of motion with this and see how it feels. If you have something that sounds like that tendonitis, but it's been going on for months and months and months or even years, if you have golfer's elbow, or tennis elbow, if you have something in your knee that has been hurting for eight months and have been told it's tendinitis, it is more likely that it's tendinopathy. Tendinopathy is degenerative. Things are breaking down over time. Now, that sounds scary. The good news is we know how to make it better. The good news is we can make it better with your training. And for people who like to move weight around, the extra good news is, the way we typically treat it is with heavy weight. Heavy weight moved especially through the eccentric portion, that is the negative portion of a movement, slowly and under control. So think like 80% of your back squat, but with a four second descent and a pause at the bottom. Heavy, slow, resistance training. And it is incredibly effective. And this is very, very well supported in the medical literature. Tendinopathy, one of the things that really jumps out about tendinopathy, if you're not sure, well, I was told I have tendinitis. Justin, you're not a doctor, and you are correct. And we go out of our way to not contradict medical professionals because they do their job and I do my job. But one of the things that makes tendinopathy really stick out, you can identify it fairly easily, is if as you warm up, as you start to move, as you go through these ranges of motion, it starts to feel better. If your knee always hurts, and it hurts when you wake up and it's not great walking around, And squatting isn't great. The first set is tough and the second set too. But once you get 20, 30, 40 reps in, it actually starts to feel pretty good. It starts to feel a lot better. I just need to warm this up. It is good that it feels better. And it's possible that you can just keep operating that way. But the likelihood is that we are slightly degenerating that tendon over time. The good news is we know how to make it better. And we don't even need to take you out of your training. This is not necessarily something where we need to put the brakes on all of your training and just do heavy slow resistance resistance training, pardon me, heavy slow resistance training. It is the kind of thing where maybe for a short period of time, to use our back squat example, maybe we're not doing any dynamic squatting motions until we think things are feeling better. So if you are a CrossFit type athlete, We might not be doing any squat cleans or snatches we might not do any box jumps maybe no air squats for time no squatting for time because those tend to be a little dynamic and a little out of control but we can do everything else you can move heavy weight you can squat heavy weight you can step lunge jump move all of these things are on the table maybe not for time and maybe not super dynamically but we are also going to add some heavy single leg and heavy bilateral, that heavy two leg work into your life. And we can build up the strength and rebuild the resilience and make those tendons better, stronger and more effective. We can undo this degenerative condition once we have identified it. And notice I say identify, we don't diagnose anything. We just understand what the signs of these things are. And sometimes this can be a disappointment, understanding the difference of acute and chronic. It is perfectly normal for an athlete, a client, to come to me and say, hey, I was in class and this happened, and now my elbow really hurts. And I know you do all this work getting people out of pain, so what should I do? And they are terribly disappointed when I say, try not to do anything with it that hurts for the next 10 days, and then we're going to revisit it because they really want a program to get out of pain. They want to do some work. They want to do some cool band things or dumbbell things or whatever it is you have these people doing. I know you do things to relieve pain. Why can't I do that? That's where I want to start. It's because it wouldn't be appropriate yet. If this is an acute injury, we're gonna leave it alone. Seven to 10 days is the rule. Leave it alone, don't do anything that hurts, back off. If it's a chronic injury, if this has been going on for months, or years, even if you've been told it's a tendonitis, we are likely to treat it like a tendinopathy, apply some effective protocols there, what are typically effective protocols there, and see what happens. So how much should you stretch? You should stretch exactly as much as needed to reach your goals, exactly as much as is effective to make your training sessions better, to move you toward these goals. And remember, increasing flexibility and increasing mobility are very reasonable and frankly, very valuable goals. You can stretch to become more flexible, not just because it's going to make your run better, though it may make your run better. We should not stretch any more than we need to, and we should not stretch any more than is effective. Think about the ranges of motions you're going to go through think about your movement limitations, target them, be effective, and think about raising your core temperature before you're gonna hit a training session hard. I think that's what we have to say about stretching. If you have any questions, if you have more thoughts on this, if you wanna argue about it, I'm totally down. I'm happy to have a civilized discussion slash argument slash debate about stretching. Thank you again for listening. It really means a lot. My name is Justin McClintock, Feel Strong. Thank you so much for listening to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. If you want to reach out about solving your fitness problems, find us on Instagram at feelstrongfit. You can also apply to get started now on our website, feelstrong.me. Subscribing, rating, and sharing this podcast is an enormous help and has more impact than you know. Thank you for doing that if you can. If you feel stuck, if you know where you wanna go, but you aren't sure how to get there, reach out. It's what we do.